lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Friday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show. Live and on demand here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace and I'm joined as always by Todd Erzin. And Aaron McIntyre, our good friend, Blaze TV contributor Jill Savage, will be here in a moment uh, to help us kick off the Dace Group. Let us know what you think about what we think by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, Me, We, Parlor, and Gab. You can follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter and Getter, at Real Steve Dace over on Truth Social as well. And then get clips of the show that you can watch later for free and are free of any censorship when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Dace show. Of course, it is a Friday, which means typical Friday fair. Next hour, we'll get to some of the feedback that you have been sending us recently via the stevedace.com inbox. But let us begin, as we always do, with the Dace group. Weekly look at the week that was brought to you by our friends over at Freedom Project Academy. Parents, listen up as this school year winds down. It's already time to be thinking about next year and thinking about, hey, I am finally going to stop my child from getting indoctrinated. Where do I go, though? Well, check out our friends over at Freedom Project Academy. I've known these folks for a long time. Uh, I fought in the trenches with them against Common Core. That's how we met uh, and eventually ended up enlisting my own son uh, into FPA several years ago before uh, he took up an interest in sports and other activities and ended up uh, at Des Moines Christian here in town uh, in order to do that. And so if you are looking for a place that has perfected the online academy and will teach your child how to think, not what to think, mastery of subject matter, not spirit of the age propaganda, then you want to check them out and get a free information packet right now because spots for the fall are already filling up. So don't wait. Head over to freedom for F-O-R, freedomforschool.com. Again, that is freedomforschool.com. And let us begin with issue one, Bleep Lord Nefarious Says. The not yet is the imaginal space of becoming. The not yet is is in the space of a realized utopia. Santa, if you're listening, please tell me what to do. Who do I f- to be famous? The not yet is the Christian message that we must embody in critical and creative ways to steward a narrative that calls us into being human with one another again. How dare they? tell a woman what she can do and cannot do with her own body. That is the kind of hope I want to invite us to embody. That is the kind of queerness that I hope we can practice. Mm. We're going back into a handmaid's tale society. We're now back in the dark ages. I don't understand why this country hates women so much. One that reimagines language and practice and narratives that can be midwifed and stewarded through the imaginal. That is hope to me. That is the kind of power 
I think we have as a collective of believers, of doubters, of Christians, as those who are becoming. I don't care about your goddamn religion. I'm so tired of having nonstop conversations about what the Bible says. Angling for, for decades now, and we are gonna fight back. As I said when I, uh, um, when this hit as I was getting on the plane to go down to Alabama, um, this is about a lot more than abortion. If you go back and look at the opening comments of the work Biden when I was questioning him as chairman, I said, I believe I have the rights that I have, not because the government gave them to me, which you believe, but because I'm just a child of God, I exist. What happens if you have a state change the law saying that, that, that children who are LGBTQ can't be in classrooms with other children? Is that, is that legit under the way that the decision is written? What are the next things that are going to be attacked? Because this mega crowd is really the most extreme political ex- organization that's existed in American history. That's right. The people trying to stop ritualistic state-sanctioned child sacrifice. They are, they are the most extremist group in all of American history. Jill? Both as the guest and also because ladies are first here on the program. First question goes to you. What was the most vomitous offering that Aaron just spewed forth this week? You know, when I look at the lady from the Young Turks saying that I don't care what the Bible says and I'll defend your Christianity as long as you want to. Right. Like with that level of anger and angst in her voice. Yes, she'll defend your right to be Christian up until the line that you actually try and live out your Christian values. To me, it's just one of these positions where the Democrats, they never have to defend what they say. Up until a week ago, men could have babies. You could look around and say it's it's all just kosher in their world because they've never had to defend their worldview. Lenin came out and said a lie told often enough becomes a truth. That's where we are right now with the Democrats, that they've told themselves time and time and time again that abortion is the law of the land. You can't touch this. This is the top issue for them. And to me, it's the complete failure of the educational system. And it, it's it's where you come or and success. Or success. It's the fait accompli of the educational system with Hollywood. Everybody is, in my opinion, you're a default Democrat until you change because of the way that they put you in through the ringer from the educational system, Hollywood, media. Everything around you is telling you one narrative and you have to actually think to get out of it. And, And that's what we're seeing right now is the fact that everybody on the left is being forced to critically think about abortion. They, they aren't even doing it with, with Roe, with the possible overturning of Roe. It's not that abortion is going to be legal ev- or illegal everywhere. It's that it's just going to go back to the states and the states can decide. But even that, Steve, is too far for them to, to even comprehend that having the electorate decide what is best for them in their own individual states they can't they can't let it go i have seen i don't know if you guys have noticed this but i have seen several people that i would consider somewhat center left to center right um commentators that largely stayed away from this kind of culture war issue 
that have been uh, that have that have noted on social media in the last few days since the news came out the court was on the brink of overturning Roe that the lack of what you're just pointing out, Jill, the lack of critical argument for this and the seething and the overreacting and everything else um, has actually caused them to reconsider maybe they, they this is a position that they need to take something serious on. Because for a long time, it, you know, my body, my choice. But then, of course, we just went through a year where the same people that said that for 50 years didn't believe that it pertained, Todd, to the COVID jab. Then the whole my body, my choice thing doesn't exist anymore, and you must take the mark. Ah, vaccine. Uh, in order to be con- considered a member of polite uh, society, right? So they undermine that whole entire talking point. And now, essentially, what you're just left with is the libs of TikTok version of argumentation. Uh, I'm just, you know, I, it, it's just demonic, bro, as Aaron likes to say. I just want to kill me some kids. I just want to be left alone with this. And that's not nearly as compelling of an argument to a lot of people as the previous one for 40, the Betty Friedan, Marlo Thomas arguments that we had to deal with for 50 years were... And and they're like, wow, if that's the best argument you got. And I got Joe Rogan saying, hey, man, there's a difference between a clump of cells and a human being that's got an eyeball and a heartbeat. Right. Anyway, Todd, your thoughts. What was uh, the best of the worst that you saw? It is President Biden. And he's telling you that we are post argument. Arguments are immaterial. Here's the thing. Early on in COVID. One- Hold on. Can I yeah. quantify that? That's an interesting phrase you just used. Post argument. What does that mean? Yeah, we're, this is not, it's not reason, it's not science, it's not convincing. It is pure pagan faith now. So the, the, the you're saying the door has been shut. There isn't a debate happening. No. That, 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 that uh, kind of a variation of my point, it's this worldview steel cage match. Yes. Two are going in and only one yes. of them's coming out. And that out. was the goal okay. all along. And if you're uh, biblically literate, you understand that that all of the scams of tolerance and reason and science were going to go the way that Joe Biden just codified in the name of God. Early on in COVID, my family and I gathered around the hearth in our own version of Netflix and chill because we were in prison and we watched The Hunger Games very fittingly. We had, I, I had seen the first one. It turns out the first one, well, a good movie, it's like... It, it's the happiest one. It, it just keeps getting better. <laughs> yeah. And at the end, the 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 woman who was the freedom fighting general leader of the resistance ended up becoming exactly like President Snow, and she wanted to keep the Hunger Games going. The, the, the devil never just wanted reason and science and secularism. The devil wants to be worshipped himself, and that's why this is... So so grotesque we covered it on the show yesterday but it bears repeating and child sacrifice is part of that the devout catholic president of the united states just said that child sacrifice must be done in the name of god that is what he said and he's he's and his his last sentence is it's because you exist he's 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 saying that there's some dignity in that while then saying that dignity demands that you kill the other person that exists. That's not an argument. That's insane. And our president said it in the name of God. You must recognize as people of faith. And if you're genuinely a person of reason, we know that there are people we've had on this show, um, like uh, uh, David Harsanyi, for example. Mm -hmm. This... 
this is god killer stuff they it's 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 the emperor wipe them out all of them if you don't understand it's nero yeah we're talking about essentially yeah. and, neuroism, and this is why I said it's 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 no different than pulling pouring your kids into a volcano. At here in a suburb, uh, one of our largest suburbs in Des Moines, yesterday, uh, middle school students walked out of class to pro to uh, to protest what's going on regarding Roe v. Wade. They weren't not pro-lifers. Middle school students saying that this is too far. So children. Walking out of school to demand that we kill children. We're not reasoning. We're not arguing. We're not debating about anything. We're going mad. That'll preach. Kind of makes you understand now how he can just pretend, Mr. Biden, that he doesn't have the grandchild that he has, right? They just pretend like that one grandchild that uh, that Hunter sired yeah. out of, uh, out of uh, scandal just doesn't exist. They can just kind of write that human being off yeah. because it's not convenient for them to acknowledge that this grandchild exists because it opens up an entire other can of worms that gets in the way of their self-fulfillment and self-actualization. Isn't that essentially the ideology of abortion at its at its cold black heart? Isn't that essentially what it is? Acknowledging you as a living being gets in the way of my plans. And so yes. therefore that cannot happen. And just remember, we said it yesterday, it bears repeating. Don't, don't, Oh, there goes Uncle Joe thing again. He was more lucid yesterday than then you've heard him in a long time. That's where I yeah. want to go. Go ahead. Because it's also, so all the things that Todd said, the, the actual substance of the argument, we're forgetting here, or, well, or lack thereof, we're forgetting here a little bit. Did it look like Joe Biden was reading off a teleprompter? No, no he wasn't. You can no. see the t- Chiron, that little news conference or press conference thing, wasn't even supposed to be about the Roe v. Wade leak. That is the most lucent, uh, lucid and cogent I have heard Joe Biden in years. He didn't go off the rails talking about cockroaches and lake hairs and uh, kids. Sniff uh, some dude's hair. Sniff some dude's hair. That was the most cogent he has sounded in years on the issue of what? Baby killing. Why? What explains that? It's not like he's having a good day. I think that was the same day or maybe just the day after he told somebody at the uh, special or parallel, I'm sorry, the Paralympics, uh, don't jump. This is the same guy, but on this, is it, I think it's just Aaron's razor again. It's just demonic. On this issue of all the issues, he just happens to sound the most coherent and cogent that he's uh, sounded in at least a couple of years. Hmm. That's that's Aaron, creepy. He's, he's playing the hits, though. This is this is the old memories for Joe Biden. True. He knows hmm. these yeah. arguments. These aren't new memories that he has to try and remember. He doesn't have to read it off yeah. a sheet. This is back deep in that memory bank. For him. That's a good point. On a scale of one to ten, as we get to the exit question, with one being the odds, the man known as Elon Musk will continue to trust the corporate media after the last couple of weeks he's had. And 10 being the odds that Lindsey Graham loves the smell of a robust musk on a man. Rate this week's level of total depravity, Todd. 100. Nice. Jill? 10. You liked that one, didn't you, Jill? You liked that one? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of liked it yesterday when I came up with it, too. Aaron? (laughs) 10. Let's get to issue two. Is this the future of the GOP? J.D. Vance is a self-described hillbilly turned U.S. Marine turned Ivy League law school graduate turned now 
Ohio Senate Republican nominee. Vance is best known for writing Hillbilly Elegy, a New York Times bestseller documenting the political and socioeconomic changes among working-class white people in Appalachia. That book was made into a movie directed by Ron Howard in 2020. It's essentially the definitive first-person story of how globalization and an America last agenda from the Beltway has wrecked middle America. In July of last year, Vance announced he was running for U.S. Senate for the seat vacated by Rob Portman. Vance initially mocked and rejected Donald Trump in 2016, but later became a vocal supporter of his policies and enjoyed the endorsement of Trump in his Senate run. This week, Vance handily beat a crowded Republican primary field in Ohio. The race was largely seen as a test of the political influence Trump held within the Republican Party, as some elements have attempted to move forward without him. Heading into the primary, fellow challenger Josh Mandel and Vance were both within the margin of error in the latest polls. Vance's policies are best described as populist. He opposes abortion in all cases, has drawn flack for his opposition and ambivalence to the conflict in Ukraine. He's a fierce opponent of illegal immigration, a huge fan of the nuclear family, and most importantly, is attested by the Washington establishment and national review types. And like it or not, if you look at some of the numbers that came out of the Ohio primary uh, on Tuesday, uh, the total vote turnout yeah, and between both the parties in that primary. And that is a state that uh, just as just as DeSantis took the classic swing state of Florida and made that a pretty reliably red state. Um, Trump has kind of done that to Ohio. I mean, Ohio was like Florida, kind of leaning red, but a state that a charismatic Democrat like a Bill Clinton or a Barack Obama could still win. It wasn't off limits to them. I mean, uh, Trump has won there fairly convincingly. He won there fairly convincingly in both of his presidential elections. Uh, J.D. Vance kind of took advantage of that with that endorsement, broke out of the pack. If you look at the numbers of, of turnout, uh, the even though the Democrats have a strong candidate in terms of name ID, uh, there in Ohio, a former pro football player uh, and Tim, uh, Ryan. Tim Ryan, a member of Congress. Uh, it's very likely, especially given the current environment, that J.D. Vance is going to be a U.S. senator here in six months. I mean, I'd put the odds at at least 65, 70 percent, in fact. So is this the future, do you think, of the GOP? Why or why not? Todd, I'll start with you. Oof. Oh, I will say no uh, because there is no proof of concept that there's enough of the likes of him yet and I this is one where uh, I will gladly admit I'm wrong define the likes of him because I know a lot of conservatives including people that we work with at, at this network like our Mark Levin we had him on this show I know the Ted Cruz team was was behind Josh Mandel's candidacy. There was a lot of excitement about Josh yeah, Mandel right. as well. Okay. Right. So when you, when you say the likes of him, quantify that one for us. What do you mean? Listen, the likes of him is a, a I think, like DeSantis, and he's a, a real man. A guy who is not out there in any way if you want to help him fine but he's he does not care he's not looking for the consultant class the image class anything to guide him this is what i believe i'm going out there to do it if you like me fine if you don't get the hell out of my way no matter what party you're in 
And there are all kinds of people that believe the majority of things that J.D. Vance and us believe, or we believe, we think they believe. And not too long ago, we thought that guy was David French, too. But how things are perceived, viewed, imaged, glossed is just so amazingly important to them. And it's a different version. Uh, you know, it's the, the, the Lord never gave. I, I'm, I was born in a major. The, 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 the smell of it. And the, the, the church, broadly speaking, has become glossed, massaged, imaged. It's the same Sanitized. Thing. Yes. Yeah. So is this a real dude or not? It seems like he might be, but there's a lot of guys who believe certain things. But when the bullets start flying, it's just not there. And that's the only time your belief matters, quite frankly, is when the bullets start flying. Aaron, what do you think? So I, I, I think what we're seeing in Vance, and and I agree, there was some um, excitement behind Mandel, and and Mandel wasn't trying to be anti-Trump either. It's just the the probably main difference is that one of those guys got the Trump endorsement and the other guy didn't. Right. If the other if Mandel gets the Trump endorsement, it's probably the exact same finish. Yep. Just those two names are interchanged. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think this is not the future of the GOP as it stands today. It should be, though. Yeah. It should be the future of the GOP, a populist pro-family, like actual pro-family and everything that means from econ- economics to uh, border policy, pro-family uh, person from middle America. Uh, that, that should be the future of, of the GOP. But as long as there are the likes of Mitch McConnell and his acolytes, really everywhere around the country, but especially concentrated in D.C., it's not going to be the future of of the GOP. But I am excited. We're, we're having a conversation now that we wouldn't have necessarily considered 10, 15 years ago. And Trump gets credit for and that. Tr- Trump gets a lot of uh, credit for that. Mm-hmm. No, no matter what you say about the guy, Trump gets a lot of credit for that. Um, so... I, I don't think it is the future of the GOP yet, but it definitely should be. What I find fascinating, Jill, and I'll, I'll be curious to get your perspective on this as someone uh, younger than Todd and I, but who literally grew up listening to, me to, to listening to my show locally here in Iowa talk about primary races and some of these dynamics, right? So you kind of know yeah. my view on these things. But um, here we have on the exact same night... We had a crowded primary field in the same state with the same voters. Okay. We have a crowded primary field this for senator. This all right. And the top two candidates, Mandel and, um, and Vance, were neither the establishment candidate. And really the argument between the two of them at the very end, from what I could see just kind of loosely following that race, is Vance's camp after they got the Trump endorsement really went after Mandel that he really wasn't as truly anti-establishment as he was claiming, right? And so those two candidates end up being the top two finishers in that race. On the governor's side, again, same state, same voters, crowded field. Now, DeWine has the power of incumbency. That does matter, okay? But this is a guy that might have been the worst Republican governor in the nation during COVID. I mean, I had members of the Ohio State football coaching staff following me the Michigan guy on Twitter during lockdowns as I was trashing their governor straight up. I won't name them, but it happened. Okay. 
I mean, I had former Ohio State football players doing it. Um, our buddy Kyle Lamb, who now works in Ron DeSantis's office, who was one, who was kind of one of the OGs with us pushing back on COVID. What state did he come from? Ohio. Ohio, pushing back on his own governor. I mean, he might have been the worst Republican governor during COVID stand in the country. Dude was writing sonnets to COVID on Twitter, man. Sonnets. Okay. And, 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 and he annihilated that field. Annihilated it. Is it just as simple as he had the name ID and Trump didn't play in that primary? If, and because and, I kind of think that it is, Jill. But I think that also shows how schizophrenic our base actually is that on their own, they couldn't make the jump from, well, my final two choices are Josh Mandel, who's backed by basically the Ted Cruz political operation, and J.D. Vance, who's basically backed by the Donald Trump political operation, right? But after I'm done with one of those two guys, let me go vote for Mike DeWine on the same day. Never take an offensive step to investigate who these other candidates are on my own. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't know... That I, that is what worries me, and I think that's what these guys are saying. In that he should be, right. Vance should be the future. But look at all the heavy lifting here. Guy had to write a best-selling book, had to have a book adapted into a movie. Okay, had right. to get the endorsement of Trump. All right, he was pulling about nineteen percent a month ago, guys. Okay, I mean he had to he had to do a lot of things to win this race and get a lot of help. That our base on its own simply was not willing to provide any of those gubernatorial candidates challenging a terrible governor in the exact same primary. That's a very long question that even isn't a question, Jill. So go ahead. Uh, I look at it and I'm in total agreement with Todd and Aaron. And when it comes down to what is the choice put in front of you, if you're shown that there is an actual conservative in the race, I would hope, you know, a lot of people are getting behind a guy like J.D. Vance. But... To me, it's still it feels like the Tea Party, right? Like there was actual movement there. So is this the future of the GOP? The Tea Party even fizzled out. So when you have guys like Aaron was saying, Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy running the Republican show in D.C., it's going to take a lot more. I mean, it's it's even going to be a la on a blessed Aid Mubarak is not even going (laughs) to be able to get the establishment out of the Republican Party, we've got it. We've we've got it. I think it's gonna, we gotta we gotta do more. I mean, I I hate to. I mean, I, I know it's not a great business plan, man, to turn around and push your own customers and dunk on them, but I'm going to. I, I just help me understand how th- these were both even statewide elections, so the exact same voting basis, and you turn around and said, you know, I'm I'm gonna send JD Vance to Washington, where even if he's great. Maybe once a month, he might be able to have some positive impact on something, given how lost that place is. And then I'm going to turn around and reward the governor. Governor Mitch McConnell is essentially what you have. So if Donald Trump were a Senate candidate and 40 years younger, here's J.D. Vance. I'm going to vote for him on the same day I'm going to vote for essentially Mitch McConnell's proxy for governor. Help me understand that. That's That's a problem we have as a base, folks. Okay, and frankly, it's why I gave up doing mass uh, organization and everything else in primary politics and went even more overtly theological and philosophical with the show because I had to come to grips with the fact, oh, bleep, our base is the problem. 
I, I want I want to get to the point where Jill you are and blame the establishment. But but if you're voting for JD Vance, you know better. You know better. If you're voting for JD Vance, I'll even throw Mandel in there, you know better. You know better. Then how the hell do you turn right around and vote for Mike DeWine on the exact same day? Who does that? I think I think people when they look at the Trump endorsement, they just say, Okay, that's the reason. But he went on Tucker Carlson as well, JD Vance. A lot. I Vance lived on Tucker Carlson's show, man. Dude. Yeah huge swaying decision for a lot of voters. So the, the Tucker effect, I could argue, That's a good point was too. bigger yeah. than the Trump effect. All right. So again, if our people don't have someone hand them a candidate is what you're saying. If it's not yep. Tucker or, or well, used to be Rush, God rest his soul. Or if it's not Tucker or Trump, if they're not handed a candidate, they can't possibly be relied on to do the work on their own. That's basically what we're saying here, right? Real quick. Is that not really what we're saying here? Yeah, of course. That, and that's that's a problem. Yes, that is a problem. Is. Exit question. I've set the over under on how many U.S. Senate seats Republicans will have after the fall midterms at 53. They currently have 50, which would be a net gain of three seats. Are you taking the over or the under? Remind me what what's possible on the high end. Well, they could potentially do 55 or 56, potentially. I'll say over. Over. Okay. Aaron. Over. Jill. The economy will be so bad. Over. Over. All right. When we come back, we will get into it. The court tipping its hand that this may be the end of Roe v. Wade. We'll discuss that and more next. Stay tuned. Well, it's been 15 minutes. Have we lost another food processing plant? Probably. Probably. All right. So at the rate that that's going, uh, those food shortages, you know, another one of those things they said could never never happen here. That's, well, about to happen here. Uh, make sure you're prepared with our friends at My Patriot Supply. Um, you can get a special offer right now. $150 off a three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. That's America's largest preparedness company. Each of these uh, kits is packed with a wide variety of delicious meals, three square meals a day, plus snacks, 2,000 plus calories, so you do not go hungry. You don't have to pass up this opportunity to know that you've got that peace of mind, and these uh, kits will stay good for up to 25 years with the proper storage. So $150 off and We'll throw in free shipping too. $150 off and free shipping so that you know you're ready for when that goes down. And the next time, it could never happen here, happens here. When you go to prepare with Dace, D-E-A-C-E, preparewithdace.com. That is preparewithdace.com. We welcome back in uh, Blaze TV contributor Jill Savage as we continue on with the Dace Group. Our weekly look at the week that was goes to issue three, the leak that launched a thousand seeds. This week, the biggest scandal since the last one unfolded as Politico obtained a leaked draft version of a majority opinion in the Dobbs v. Jackson case at the Supreme Court. That case, as you know, deals with the Mississippi law banning baby killing after 15 weeks gestation. More on the scandal aspect of this a little later. In the meantime, the majority opinion leaked to Politico was written by Justice Samuel Alito, and not only does it uphold the Mississippi law... It also repeals Roe v. Wade in absolutely no uncertain terms. Some excerpts from the opinion read, We hold that Roe and Casey must be overruled. The Constitution makes no reference to abortion and no such right is implicitly protected by any constitutional provision, including the one on which the defenders of Roe and Casey now chiefly rely the due process cause of the 14th Amendment. 
The inescapable conclusion is that the right to abortion is not deeply rooted in the nation's history and traditions. On the contrary, an unbroken tradition of prohibiting abortion on pain of criminal punishment persisted from the earliest days of common law until 1973. One theory on how this leaked is that a clerk for radical leftist justice Sonia Sotomayor leaked the document to the Politico reporter who ran with the story. There is a connection between a Sotomayor clerk and this same author Alex Ward as the latter had quoted this clerk in the past. Another possibility, as pointed out by Will Chamberlain this week, is that a clerk for Justice Stephen Breyer, who has pretty close connections with the co-author of the piece, Josh Gerstein, also could have been the one to leak the opinion. Whatever the case, the reaction from the left was, and is, as follows. All right, so first question, Aaron, is that not the reaction on everything, though? Yeah. Uh, First question, what's the bigger story here, the leak or the decision itself? What do you think? Uh, By far the decision itself. I mean, we're talking about something that uh, for going on 50 years now, right, if my homeschool math is correct, um, 50 years of baby killing. Now, of course, once Roe is struck down, if uh, Lord willing it is, uh, that doesn't, uh, as you know, that doesn't mean that it's just going to be, uh, you know, baby killing isn't going to be outlawed. But guys, a significant number of, of babies' lives, like a lot of babies' lives, are going to be saved by this. And we should, for uh, first and foremost, praise the Lord for that. Uh, the, the, I, I did not expect this. We talked about the, the, the scoop. I, I still don't know where Sean Trendy at Real Clear Politics got this scoop. He's not a guy to just make poop up. Mm-hmm. Got the scoop about um, how, how John Roberts was not going to be writing the majority opinion. I thought uh, of the three options that we laid out, this one that's unfolding apparently before us, I thought that was the least likely. I thought we'd have kind of a moderate rolling back of Roe you know, uh, 15 weeks, something like that. I did not expect an outright repudiation of Roe v. Wade. And uh, this is, this should be cause for, for rejoicing. And I, I think that goes without saying. I think the, 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 the second story, though, the, the, the least important story is, is the, the leak, even though that is incredible. Our, our friend uh, Tim Young, who's also on the Dace Group, uh, should be on next week as, as well, comedian, he uh, he correctly pointed out and got fact checked by like USA Today or some poop like that. Fact check about saying this is the first Supreme Court opinion that's ever been leaked. And I from the research I've done now, there have been court decisions that have been leaked before. Uh, from my research, uh, cursory, albeit. This is the first full opinion that's uh, ever been leaked, and this is coming from likely the people who are screeching and have always screeched about uh, norms being violated yeah. under Donald Trump. So uh, that's a big story, but it's still secondary to you know saving a, a lot of babies. Jill, what say you? I would say the leak is bad, but it's not the worst thing. But when you do look at the leak itself, Ju- Chief Justice John Roberts when you look back at his decision on Obamacare to essentially change the law as written because he cared about public opinion, that it feels like that's why you have this last ditch effort, as it would seem, to, to throw it out there in the public. Because Roberts, even though he's appointed to a lifetime uh, uh, appointment, he's out there still caring about what the public has to say. But the issue itself, the decision itself is the bigger issue for all the reasons that Aaron just laid out. Abortion is wrong. We all know it. And this is now saying it. But because it is based on the Constitution, 
And if we ever have any chance of getting this country back to where all, all four of us want this to be, it is going to be centered around the Constitution and making things that are actually laws, laws and making things that are laws of the land and, and things that we just want to feel are good for the country, you know, in, on the leftist side. We, we can't be governed by that set of rules. We have to stick to the Constitution, whether you like it or not. Hmm. Todd? Again, it is clearly the decision uh, for all the reasons that have been said so far. The, the one thing, it doesn't have a chance to reshape our politics at the national level. It, it certainly could at the various state house levels, but not at the national level like we thought we could because... And Steve has talked about this before about how you know if you got rid of this, the the the, the you know a lot of moderate Republicans and, and uh, may change how they vote on any number of things. But now because of gender madness and all that things, it, that that is kind of in also in that place. So our federal politics in general don't have a chance to be uh, changed. Uh, nearly as much as they could but here in the court though this leak this leak is a big deal because the, it used to be the soda mayors with the wink and the nod you know like yeah the courts don't uh write law remember when she said that but yeah, it, she said that the uh, federal appellate courts is where law is made is where but she see says. now they've created and we all know that she said yeah exactly and there had to be that gamesmanship and every time people are pulling out uh what's what alito said when he talked about president you know that ridiculous game we've been playing for a long time but see here's the thing you the monsters that would be created in the next generation are these ones who ultimately leaked that this thing and they don't want to play that game this is a religion to them now and the court may truly never be the same again and honestly that that's that's a good thing i don't and i don't even know what it's going to be but this has been a farce in many ways and i really don't want to play that game anymore let's get to the exit question Assuming the Supreme Court does overturn Roe, one year from now, are there more states allowing baby killing in virtually any and all circumstances, or more states that have banned baby killing in almost all circumstances? One of the things I found interesting, I mean, the Democrats are going to hold a vote next week on codifying Roe into law, and the main reason they're going to hold the vote is because they don't have the votes, and they know that. That's why they're going to hold the vote. Because then they get, you know, uh, the best of both worlds in their mind. They don't have to take the political blowback of putting it, you know, on Biden's desk while still using it as some kind of a wedge issue to rally their base. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, one reason they don't have the votes is because you have a few openly pro-choice Republicans like Lisa Murkowski, Susan Collins. And Collins came out yesterday and said, I've got a million problems with this kind of legislation. There's no limits at all. It doesn't. Now you're going to tell Catholic hospitals they have to commit abortions and everything of that nature. See, this gets into what we were talking about on the show yesterday. There is a big difference. This is why when this gets to the states, I don't believe there will be any Republicans of renown who will be openly pro-abortion. Because that's what's now being asked of you. It's not, you're, not, you're not being asked to be pro-choice any longer. The other side has abandoned all of those measured talking points. And now we have the White House saying yesterday the president doesn't believe in any abortion restrictions at all. You're now you're crafting a position that even Susan Collins can't even endorse. And if Susan Collins of Maine can't endorse that in the United States Senate. You think you can endorse that in the Montana State Senate? 
thinking and endorse that in the Idaho State Senate, the Ohio State Senate. See my point? Mm-hmm. And be a Republican. The, let's look at swing states. Can you be a Republican and endorse that in the Michigan State Senate? Nope. No. And they're not going to offer you any pro any pro choice legislation. It's all going to be pro killing or not. All of it will be. That's why I don't think there will be very many middle ground states because the other side's not going to allow for any middle ground. I think everything's either California or we've we've essentially outlawed it in virtually every situation. So that's the reason for the question. Which of those do you think we'll see more of a year or two years from now, Todd? I wish I could say for sure, but I am going to err on the latter. That there'll be more more killing states. No, isn't that no, more life li- states? Yeah, more life states. states. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What do you think, Jill? I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Todd. I think that there's gonna be more restrictions than not. So I I will say that the you know life is gonna prevail in in more states than not. Aaron, I'm confident it's the latter. Yeah, I'm, I'm confident it's actually the latter Good. too. In fact, when I looked at the numbers this week, I, I, California already said they wanted to enshrine killing in the Constitution. I think they have a maximum of eight or nine states right now in the country. They have the votes to do that before the next election. So um, you're, they're, they're taking a position that even their own pollsters have shown 18 to 20 percent of Americans hold, which is abortion without any restrictions at all. If we take the label of Roe versus Wade off the table, which is what this ruling would do, mm-hmm. and now it's just a debate about the merits of the policy— I, I, I think that, that, that that's a shrinking uh, ground of people who actually support what they want to do. Before we get to our kicker question, let me tell you about uh, our friends over at Tyga Coolers. You see that little uh, ditty that's uh, right behind me right now with uh, Lindsey Graham's moniker on it? That's a special customized lid uh, that uh, our friends over at Tyga Coolers made for me. We actually made a little road trip over to Omaha earlier this week for a speaking engagement. Took There it is. Isn't that a beauty? I mean, I'm talking about the lid, not... Lindsay. Uh, but uh, we took the Tyga cooler on the road with us uh, to bring some, uh, f- you know, food and drink and stuff like that for us. And it did a fantastic job. These are excellent coolers. Each of us has a customized one. Maybe you can get them to do this. Lindsey Graham uh, mockery customized one for you or you've got another one in mind. Let them know because they do great work and it's all American made by American workers. And you can enter the promo code Steve right now for a 10% discount when you go to tigacoolers.com. T A I G A for tigacoolers.com. Use the promo code Steve to get 10% off. They make a great gift. Tigacoolers.com. Let's get to issue four, our kicker question. If you could force one thing to be leaked, what would you want leaked and why? Jill, quickly. I would say anything that's memory hold and for good reason. Uh, I want to know the Vegas shooter and what happened there. That's a good one. To get to the bottom of it because it clearly doesn't fall under the the establishment narrative that that was allowed by the country to get out to the American people. That's a very good one, Todd. Whatever the late night Dropbox number is for election twenty twenty. <laughs> that's a good one too. Yes, Aaron. Uh, I would want leaked what the definition of a catch is in football. Nice, mm. nice. That was for me, wasn't uh, it? Dan? Yeah, I would. I would want leaked the what we know or think we know about the true origins of the virus and treatments and uh, the jabs. That's what I would want leaked. What do we? Th- what what we really knew and when did we know it? This entire time. All right, let's get to predictions. Aaron, I'll start with you. Go ahead. Well, I think uh, within the next uh, two months, we are going to see 
I've been predicting this and I'm just going to keep or this has been predicted and I'm going to keep predicting it. I think in the next two to three months, we will be seeing more and more overt stories in the mainstream press about hmm, 25th Amendment or whatever the amendment is that would remove uh, That's the Biden. One. Yep. Uh, I, I think we're going to start seeing a slow trickle in the lead up to the uh, midterms. Or is it the 26th, actually? 20, uh, it's, it's one of them. It's okay. one of those. All right. 25th. Thank you. I thought it was the 25th first time. Thank you, Jill. Todd? Well, in related news, yeah, by uh, January of next year, neither the president or Pope Francis will be in office. Wow. That's Whoa. bold. I could see that, actually. I, th- I-, I could see that. Jill? Uh, the Fed was raising rates this week. They also came out and said that they're going to start quantitative tightening again on June 1st. The markets puked. Ever since they said that, and they are going to up it to just under $100 billion by September. I'm saying QT will be done by the fall. They can't stick through with this. Hmm. That's a good one, too. I want to go back to yours with Pope Francis. Where'd that come from? Well, he's having uh, trouble walking. He's uh, breaking down the precedent has been set by his predecessor, Pope Benedict. By Benedict, yeah. When it... Uh, and this guy didn't... Who's still alive, actually, by the way. Yeah, he's still yeah. alive. He uh, he didn't uh, want it anyway. Uh, and I I just think it, it fits. In this current environment, what comes next after him? Oh, uh, I mean, this is... We go full liberation uh, theology? Oh, or we get something that's more in the line of a no, Benedict? Oh, no. well, I think it's actually... More in line with a Benedict in, in one way, but I, I mean, I think you might see our first uh, uh, black and African uh, pope. I mean, yeah, well, that's where the actual yeah, yeah. conservatives are, are in I Africa. Mean, I, actually, I'm yeah. expecting something grand. Uh, my prediction is that baby killing will not even register, like it or not, by the way, uh, won't even register as a top issue in the midterm election exit polling. Like it won't be like a top four or five issue in the exit polling, if it even registers at all. This is all going to go down in May and June. We're going to have 17 crises between now and then. And um, and we have short attention spans. The base of people that would be the most seething about it, woke, affluent white women, they already have all those people. Mm-hmm. Those people are, that they've been growing that base. That That is the Democrat base now, right? It, it would be one thing if, if Republicans had made inroads with that group and then this opinion came down, then we might have a conversation about, well, maybe they're reconsidering, right? Okay. That's their base now. They already won that base. And that, that's the only demographic that they on the other side have grown in, in support with across the board since Biden took over. I, I, I mean, what happens? I mean, the woman in the Subaru in the cul-de-sac, you know, she gets Karen her. I mean, she's yeah. already at max lit Karen, you know, she's going to care. I'm, I'm, I'm Karen even harder, you know? Okay, cool. Vote for Biden 14 times. then I guess I don't think it'll make a big difference at all. Jill, good to see you as always. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Steve. You bet. We'll come back, and it's Feedback Friday. Your turn when we do. And we're back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre and Totters, and all of you. Steve at stevedace.com. That's how you can email us. Like us on Facebook. Me, we parlor and gab. Follow me at Steve Day Show on Twitter and Getter. You can also get clips of the show for free that are also free of any censorship at rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. That's D-E-A-C-E. 
rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. Thank you to all of you that listen via podcast. If you have yet to do the do this for us, please leave us a five-star review. Hit follow, subscribe, whichever one of those uh, applies to wherever you podcast from. We want, we want to thank all of you, uh, thousands of you that have done that for us already. We appreciate each and every one of those. This part of the show brought to you by our friends over at Bambi. When running a business, particularly a small business, human resources issues can kill you from termination suits, minimum wage requirements, other ever changing and uh, totally adding and never ending uh, labor regulations. That's where you're looking for uh, the right human resource manager, but they're not cheap. They average about $70,000 a year. And that's why you're looking for Bambi, just like it sounds B A M B E E Bam and B. They can get you a dedicated HR manager that'll help you craft your policy, maintain your compliance and all of that and more. For just $99 a month, you can cancel anytime. It's month to month, so you're not locked into a a long-term engagement. No hidden fees uh, as well. Uh, So, listen, you didn't start your small business because you wanted to spend your time on HR compliance and overhead, so don't. Go to our friends over at Bambi, and right now you can schedule your free HR audit when you go to Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E, Bambi.com slash Steve, that's Bambi.com slash Steve. You guys ready for some Feedback Friday? Yes. All right, let us begin with this note from Rich Donnelly. He says, I've been listening to you guys' show since about the time of Rush's passing. Long before that, I had been searching for Jesus. I grew up in the church, but walked away as a young man almost 40 years ago. Always considered myself sort of Christian. I've been what we used to call a conservative all my life. You guys have helped me link the two. Over the past few years, I've read a lot of books on religion. The one that connected the best for me was C.S. Lewis's Mere Christianity. You are hardly alone where that is concerned, Rich. That's an epic work. As you know, all of our knowledge points to there being a God. And if God is real, the God of the Bible is the most logical one. And if the Bible is true, then Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Very logical, but believing is not faith. That's where I was until I heard John 3, 17 from you guys enough times. As Lewis frames it, I was standing in the hallway. A couple of friends of mine from wholly different circles of life invited me to their church. I suppose that shows the power of conversations. After a few visits, I met with the pastor. Among the questions I asked was, are you a Joel Osteen or Billy Graham? Thanks for that tip. It's a good question. Uh, he answered correctly. Then he helped me take the next step, and I asked uh, Christ to save me. Now I've entered the door. You guys' show has been and remains part of my ongoing journey. Thanks for what you guys are doing. Oh, and by the way, uh, make sure to make your show even worse by adding more sports and movies top 10 lists to the program. Without those lists, I'd never know who pitched 300 in 1984. Actually, you don't pitch 300, yeah. You hit 300. I think that he was, I think he's trolling us there with that. I hope. I hope. Anyway. I hope. Okay. Uh, or whoever won a super series. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. There now we go. we're being trolled. Right. But the rest of that note is very, very cool. And um, we get these frequently. And every now and then, I just like to include them on a Feedback Friday as a reminder of why we do what we do. And this actually ties back to the conversation we had last hour about the Ohio primary. I had a, a woman come up to me in Omaha the other day when I was speaking there, and she kind of wanted the down low on all of the various contested primaries around the country and what, do I, what I knew about the candidates and who I thought was going to win. And I mean, Aaron, you grew up, you're another, like Jill, you grew up listening to this show, right? 
Correct. Yeah. And Todd, I mean, you were listening to this show for many years before you came to join it, right? And even when you came to join it, if you would have asked me, I don't know, middle of of April on a Tuesday, hey, what are the top 10, uh, five or 10 primaries around the country I really need to be aware of? I'd had the list for you off the top of my head, right? Oh, and that's top of your head with like Rain Man-esque recall. Yes. Yes. I mean, and that's what you listened to, Aaron, growing up. I mean, I I was doing worldview quizzes with primary candidates here in Iowa, right? I don't know, I told her, and I don't do any of that anymore. And you know why? Because I had to come to the conclusion we are the problem. And I, I don't know if I've mentioned this recently, and I know we do have a lot of people that are new to the to the show. I will tell you what kind of my breaking point was. Is I was involved in the Matt Bevin Mitch McConnell Senate primary. What was that like 2012 or 2014? 2014. That was 2014. And I think it was 2014 or 20 those Tea Party years kind of run together for me. But it was one of those Tea Party years. And um, we had a great candidate in Matt Bevin, as evidenced by the fact he eventually got elected governor of the Commonwealth of Kentucky, so not a schmuck. Businessman with enough capital to kickstart his own campaign, Louisville businessman, so from the main population center of the state. I mean, this this is looking pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. McConnell is, is just loathed on a granular, cellular level by our base in a heavy Tea Party year. We got completely annihilated in that primary. Uh, I went back after the primary was over. I couldn't find a single article on foxnews.com about the primary. There were all kinds of articles about it, though, on MSNBC and CNN, but I couldn't find a single article about it on, on, on foxnews.com. We lost the Appalachia areas, the most conservative parts of the state. I mean, we got absolutely destroyed. I mean, destroyed. And even worse, in the Democrat Senate primary that year, because they had a a primary, open primary as well, more more people, more Kentuckians showed up to vote in the Democrat Senate primary than in the Republican one. And it just dawned on me, this is this is why when I when I was vetting conservative candidates in the 2016 presidential race, I mean I I was looking at do you have the resources or can you acquire them to cosmically raise your name ID? Because that's the number one thing we need in order to get our base's attention. It was obvious Donald Trump had that kind of cash, not to mention you had all the name ID. All right, but that I mean, when I was talking to Bobby Jindal, Mike Huckabee, who had been on Fox and TV a lot, so his name name ID was very high already. But um, Ted Cruz, Scott Walker, could you do that? Because you know, at the time, we all thought it would be one last standing non-establishment candidate versus Jeb Bush, and and everybody thought that. I mean, that's why Trump's initial strategy in that primary was to destroy Jeb Bush. He was looked at as the the, the main competition. Everybody was trying to be who was going to be the non-establishment candidate at the end next to Jeb Bush. That was what everybody was, was angling for. And I realized that, uh, you know, you've heard me use the analogy on this show before, the old Vince Lombardi line to the Packers. This is a football. We're going back to the beginning. 
I, I originally gave that that homily to myself. I'm out here trying to mobilize and organize our people around the country. And the reality is, unless I can get to a candidate, I can get a candidate that gets an extraordinary amount of free publicity on Fox or Rush or Drudge, which hadn't completely sold us out by that time, right? It was still, you know, a pretty big deal within conservative media. Unless I could get that person an extraordinary amount of free media from one of those three outlets, we weren't winning like anywhere. We weren't going to win like anywhere. Um, I, you know, I think Cruz won because he already won, had won. He was already known statewide as the solicitor general, but that was even considered a big upset at the time when he beat the lieutenant governor candidate in the state of Texas, I think it was. Um, I mean, if you went into that polling booth in Ohio and you voted for J.D. Vance or Josh Mandel and Mike DeWine, you are the problem. I don't know how else to put it, but you are. You're not good at this. Self-governing, you're not doing it. And I, I know that we're all busy but we're going to need you to take a little, pay, pay a little bit more attention to, I mean, it, Jill pointed out how often Tucker had had J.D. Vance on. You guys know I love Tucker. There's a couple of those other candidates, the Kent guy in Washington, Blake Masters, is he in Arizona, I believe? Correct, yep. Tucker has those guys on all the time. I haven't seen any polling that shows them ahead either. So, I mean, given, I mean, how many times... Was Vance, was Vance on the number one show in our industry? Dozens. I mean, you guys are going to have to do a little bit more work on these candidates. Because a lot of people went in there and voted for Josh Mandel and J.D. Vance and Mike DeWine, or J.D. Vance, and then Mike DeWine at the same time. How do you do that? That's just lazy. Magic R, baby. That's what it is. That's just lazy. And that's why we always had been a heavily, uh, uh, a show heavily, you know, organized around a biblical worldview. That's always been my number one goal of this show is to try to use it as a conduit to get the biblical worldview back into the mainstream of America again. But once I realized that a lot of our people are frankly low information voters, that's not just on the other side. That's when I, I mean, we became even more intentional about it. And then something had to go. And it was playing in the playgrounds of partisan politics a lot. Because frankly, if we can't get first things established, then it doesn't matter. And then secondly, if we do have first things established, it also kind of doesn't matter. Because you can start bending the system to your will, whether the person in office shares all of your convictions all the time or not. And we've, we've been doing that for the last few months, so that is good news. So that is good news. But you can see, maybe some of you can, they get frustrated with my frustration. Maybe you can empathize with me here for just a minute. Tens of thousands of our people in the state of Ohio, on the same night, voted for J.D. Vance, or Josh Mandel, and Mike DeWine at the same time. Tens of thousands did that. 
if that's not frustrating to you, then I guess we are just looking at this process like completely differently. Kurt asks, wonder what your thoughts are on whether this road decision might be the one way the Democrats can put a stop to the Republican landslide in 22. No, I don't believe that. Uh, the reason why I do think it could have been a factor if this opinion was going to come out like in October. I do think it could have been a factor. But does, does that mean they're not grasping at stuff, though? Yes, yes. But the re, but you know why I think it could have been a factor? And that doesn't mean I even disagree with Paul's analysis that he gave about this last week. Because they are grasping at things. This is one of the last things they have, yeah. shibboleths they have left. Okay? But our attention spans are too short as evidence of the conversation we were just having a minute ago about Ohio primary voters, right? Uh, let me go vote for J.D. Vance. Yeah, uh, MAGA. America first. And... Uh, Mike sonnets to COVID DeWine. Same people. Explain that one. You can't. Not with anything benign or innocent anyway. Um, but this is the short of attention span I think actually works to our advantage. Now, this had happened in October. And, and at least some things economically had maybe stabilized. Like maybe they're not on the way up or the way back, but they at least had stabilized to some degree. Then I could see... It having an effect, and you know why I think it might have had an effect? I don't think it's because it would have mobilized their base anymore. Because as I said last hour, the portion of their base who would care the most about this are the people that they already have fully engaged. Like right now, they're hurting to engage black voters. If we had another George Floyd, let's pray we don't, but if we had another George Floyd, do I think that could do something to alter the scale of a Republican landslide this fall? Yeah. Because they're sitting right now, depending on what you look at, what numbers you look at, between 65 and 85% approval amongst black voters. And they need to be like at 90 plus. So yeah, that, that's something that they might be able to, to turn to their advantage. But in the case of the road decision, the one group where they have not only not lost support, but gained are the very affluent white woke women that already are that would be the most upset by this. I mean, what's Elizabeth Warren going to do? That's who we're really talking about here. Elizabeth Warren types. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna punch the dem, the straight ticket dem card, even with more ferocity with my number two pencil on election day or my marker when I fill it in. I mean, they already have those people. Those people are the only people they have right now that are max lit. Uh, I, so I don't think it'll be an issue because it's it's too many months away. But if it had happened in October, you know why I think it could have hurt Republicans? Because I think Republicans would have hurt themselves with it. I think you would have seen people like McConnell and others say, we don't need to get involved on this issue. It's a distraction from the election. Don't rock the, don't boat. Rock the boat. Stay with jobs in the economy and thus pissed off and depressed a portion yes. of their own base. That's okay. the answer. All right. So the fact that this is happening in May and June, um, you know, I, I don't think it will have much of an impact. You guys have any thoughts on that? My thoughts were how you closed. Okay. I think I think they wanted to have an impact, but I don't, even if it was closer, as you said, I, I mean, the, the people who that's going to, their, their position on this, the people who that's going to move we're not See, going to actually move, you know, they weren't going to be voting for Republicans in the first place. Correct. But correct. The, the most important thing to understand is not to ask about this 
from the perspective of this particular election, which speaks to what Steve said with the first question. The most important thing to learn about this is, in fact, what Aaron is alluding to and what I tweeted about. Like, they think their best play right now after lots of failures is actually baby killing you need to know that enemy because that enemy (laughs) is not we probably can't highlight that enough this is this is this is their plan not to interrupt you todd this was their plan in the last year uh forced jab mandates for all americans basically uh that didn't fly uh thermonuclear war for some reason that didn't fly uh grooming kids for some reason, that didn't uh, fly as well. Now it's going to be killing babies. I, I I don't know. Are you sensing? Are you sensing a pattern here? Yes. And yeah. it's got to be again. They can't you can't coexist with these people. You cannot share a country uh, with these people. I know that's a little bit uh, chilling, but how? You tell me how then. And they weren't planning on sharing it with you no. anyway. That's why they did all those policies. If they still thought they they were interested in sharing it with you, and they were interested, and they thought maybe you were movable, then they would have triangulated the things that Aaron is talking about. They would have done more of a Bill Clinton uh, and triangulated some of these issues, uh, tried to turn artificially turn the economy around uh, in order to maintain their political power base, and then slowly but surely tried to ingratiate you into their charms. They didn't do any of that. They didn't do any of that. They, in fact, laughed about gas prices. The president laughed last weekend on camera. Just basically the the, the easiest Republican Party, uh, you know, campaign commercial of all time. They're laughing at you now. Uh, they that that you do that when you don't want to share something with people. When you think a relationship is worthy of being salvaged, or you're interested in salvaging it, you don't tr- you don't dehumanize the other party or parties, do you? No, you don't. De- you don't say go protest outside the house and dox Supreme Court justices. Right. And oh, by the way, uh, Catholic, Insurrection-y. Catholic uh, churches on Mother's Day, we're yes. coming for you. Yeah. yeah. Insurrection much? Yeah. Um, you, you, there's a reason why when in this era of the transfer portal, when a guy is thinking, when, when the rumors hit your team message board that the guy's going to enter the transfer portal and you're like, oh man, I hope we don't lose him. And you try to reach out and you're like, you know, he's going to play a lot next year. We really don't want him to go, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. What happens when he goes in? He's a bum. Never needed him. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's universal, right? Why? Because that relationship's been severed and you know, it's been severed um, irredeemably. And so now you are deflecting and moving on. Right. Mm -hmm. You've seen the political version of this from Democrats. Let that sink in. They're not even going to try to persuade you. They're not even going to try to buy you off. They're not even going to try to lie to you. They're not even going to try to manufacture narratives and and fake economic bonuses and boosts with all the institutions they have at their disposal. They're not even going to try. Don't want to pay six dollars for, you know, for diesel. Uh, you're a racist. That's our talking point. Well, we have nothing to say about, hey, go ahead and dock Supreme Court justices, show up at their houses. We have, we, cool, that's fine. Follow Kirsten Cinema into the women's room. That was the thing last year, yes. right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. They're, they're done persuading. Yeah. That's what you said last hour. Uh, the argument is over. We're post-argument now. Yes, we are. We're post-argument. They're not coming, guys, to the counseling session anymore. We're past that scene in the rom-com where we where the chicks sit around with the big scoop and the ice cream and Willie call. No. No. Not coming back. 
They're done persuading. It's literally comply or die. That's, that's literally what it is. That's it. All the cartilage is out of that knee, man. It's just all bone on bone. Now, that's all that it is, bone on bone. And that's a tough place to be. But it's where we are. And that's why we got to do better than let me vote for J.D. Vance and Mike DeWine on the same day. We got to be a lot better than that. When you show you're doing that, that you show you're really not ready for the enemy. You're really not. In fact, you're grist for the mill, man. You could get ridden hard and put away wet. That's what it really shows. You don't get this at all. Because Mike DeWine, Mike DeWine's that guy that stands on the sidewalk and he shows them where you live. And this disc. And very disapprovingly nods his head in, in, in feigned disappointment as they take you away. But it was for your own good, of course. It was for your own good. He reads a lot of David French, I promise you that. I, I, yes, he has David French underoos, I promise you that. Uh, Omega XL is a product you want to check out because we have about 360 joints from your neck down all the way, uh, your vertebrae, your back, uh, hips, arms, knees, all the way down to your feet. Uh, and these joints are hugely important for mobility and activity, especially as we get older, though, they become little hubs for inflammation. And that's where Omega XL kicks in, backed by going on three decades of clinical research in the last three years of me using it each and every day. So I can testify uh, to how good of a product it is. It's the all-natural and anti-inflammatory you're looking for to push back on the inflammation that is the likely cause of your chronic pain. That's that lingering achiness and soreness and stiffness that just won't go away. Well, make it go away. With our friends at Omega XL, right now you can buy one bottle, get a second one for free. When you visit OmegaXL.com slash Steve, that's OmegaXL.com slash Steve, or give them a call at 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. I'll just say one more thing on the Ohio thing. Guys, if, if we set the precedent that our people have to catch the eye of three or four mega conservative media superstars with you know, life-changing sized platforms and raise and be New York Times best-selling authors and, and are able to raise millions of dollars. If that's the standard, if that's what it takes for some of our people to win these primaries, we're screwed, guys. We're screwed. We're, we're the small town people now. We're the rural people now. They've got the rich folks now, okay? We're screwed. So a lot of us are going to just have to do a lot more homework on who's running in our races. Pay a lot more attention than just have our vote subsidized. Well, I saw this guy on Tucker a lot and Trump endorsed him. What if, what if J.D. Vance was everything else that he is, other than he never got on Tucker all those times, never got a Trump endorsement. Would he have won? Probably not. Probably not. Is that good? No. No. No, it's not. Actually, it's bad. So, so we. I'm sorry. I know it sucks, man. 
You're talking to the guy who, you know, has a has a deal with his family every year. Where I get a three month, um, uh, you know, deference on family scheduling called football season, and the other nine months out of the year, I schedule my life as best as I can around them. Do I love our modern conveniences at least a little bit? You do. Do I love our creature comforts at least a little bit? You do. I do. But we're literally living through like an end of day scenario here from a civilization standpoint right now. And just we're going to need to, just as we're showing up more than we ever have before at school board elections and everything else, and that's great and we applaud it. We're going to have to pay a little bit more attention to the races in our own states than we have in the past because we previously paid attention to basically none of them. So we're going to have to do at least a little bit better than that because you, we cannot beat the guys. I'm just telling you, and I'm doing this because I love you. We aren't going to beat those guys if our people are voting for J.D. Vance and Mike DeWine on the same night in the same place. We're not going to beat those guys doing that. You look like you want to say something. I was just going to say, we, the people you're asking to do that are way too busy right now making sure that their uh, college football and basketball collective is sufficiently financed. Um, <laughs> and that's the truth. They, that's the truth. I want to say one, one thing about this as well. Uh, sorry to belabor this, but there's been a couple of angry Ohioans who have reached out to us already saying that the vote was split in the Republican GOP gubernatorial primary. That's true be- be- between three different candidates not named DeWine. That's true. That's a problem. But that's also what we're talking about here. Is it, is it not uh, stop splitting votes? Right. That's part of the problem. That's part of the problem. There's a crowded Senate field. Also, there's almost twice as many Senate right. candidates as well. So don't use that, that as not an, an excuse. excuse. And in fact, you had the top two vote getters on the Senate side were splitting a lot of the same voters, yeah. frankly. Yeah. Between Mandel and and um and Vance. It's just a bad look. Just own it. It's a bad look. And and it's the kind of thing we won't beat these guy the other guys doing that. We just won't. They're not that double minded, man. They're not stably minded. <laughs> <laughs> But they are also singular. They may be instably minded. Is that a word? We are legion. Okay. But they are singularly instably minded, if you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. All right. They don't do stuff like that. We're not going to beat them like that. Robert Davis in Nevada writes, the biggest compliment anyone can have bestowed upon them is you guys are a good and faithful servants. And you guys as a show, you are just that. That's very kind, Mm -hmm. Robert. And I agree with that because I, when I really think, I mean, to me, that's the ultimate compliment is to, is to, is to die and wake up in eternity and hear those words, right? That's the well done, good and faithful servant. I mean, that's, to me, that's the end goal of existence is to hear those, hear those words, right? So when, when, when you guys, um, when people really go out of their way to really do what is right. I try to, I, I use those words a lot back to people as an affirmation. Well done, good and faithful servant. I think that's when people really get us, no matter how long it takes. It's something, even if they don't agree with us all the time, or once they realize, man, these guys really do believe that crap. They're actually, you know, the part, the, the fundamentals. Yes. That, yeah, we are, we are God-fearing, uh, and there's, why we may apply that wrongly, that's not a joke, it's not a scam, it's absolutely who we are. I think, 
I think that is why people uh, gravitate to us and it makes the more sense that we could make sense out of COVID because we aren't bamboozled by witchcraft. And that's what that was. Wow. How about the fact you can just say that now out loud and it doesn't sound weird or corny, yeah. but it actually sounds apropos Yeah. given the era in which we are in, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, I mean, when I started doing this 15 years ago, I thought several of these things were demonic, but I would just would not have said it out loud. Right. Does a day go by before we even just say that out loud now? It's no. Aaron's razor. <laughs> right. I don't know that a day goes by I don't say that in some context now, right? I remember the first time I said on local radio here that the schools had become Satan's youth ministry. People lost their <laughs> <Yeah>. minds. Okay. <laughs> and now here we are. All right. We'll come back. More feedback Friday in a moment. All right. So I know after the last 26 months, just wait two weeks kind of has a low approval rating right now, right? <laughs> right? What, what, what about wait three weeks, all right? Because if you're thinking soon or right now about getting a home mortgage, uh, a car loan, a business loan, a refi, maybe wait three weeks before you go in. Why? Because that's about how long it takes the average ScoreMaster user to raise their credit score up to 60 points. Why? Because they take the information that really is you, it's about you, and, and they put it in your hands so you know exactly why. A lot of your credit lenders will show you what your credit score is, but will they walk you through and let you see exactly why for yourself you have the score you do, and then will they even show you specifically how to get to the score you want? They do that at ScoreMaster, and right now you can go there for free and see how many plus points you could add to your credit score and then decide if you want to go from there. When you visit scoremaster.com slash Steve, again, that's scoremaster.com slash Steve. All right, let's continue on here on a Feedback Friday. Let's try to get through a few more of these. Uh, This is from Darren Ray. I'm a pharmacist. I have more than 35 years of infectious disease and oncology uh, pharmaceutical experience. I have worked in hospitals, compounding IV admixture and hyperalimentations. As I think that's how that's pronounced. As I researched the virus and vaccines, I learned more and more about the protein spike how it both could cause what it could both cause in the host producing secondary clots. This clotting issue was particularly important to me due to an inherited blood disorder I'm afflicted with. I was scheduled to have a consult with a local hospital's leading hematologist to discuss my concerns prior to getting the jab. Unfortunately, a week prior to this consultation, I tested positive for COVID-19 and the Delta variant. I ended up being in the hospital for 29 days, though I was never on a ventilator, but I had extreme breathing difficulty. I lost 40 pounds while in the hospital. I reside in Nevada. This is a state that prohibits ivermectin, monoclonal antibodies, and hydroxychloroquine for the treatment of COVID-19 by decree of the Democrat governor who is trying to kill you. Uh, However, based upon, that's my comment. However, based upon watching your show, I had the information to obtain these life-saving medications. I was able to have an unemotional, logical, and substantive private discussion with my infectious disease physician in the hospital. Props to you, because a lot of Americans didn't get that, unfortunately. I informed him that so far everything we are doing isn't working and I was in trouble. I convinced him to obtain the monoclonal antibodies and obtain and I obtained the ivermectin on my own. These medications saved my life. I was only able to obtain the location of these therapeutics by watching your show. When I was finally discharged from the hospital, listen to this, guys. 
when I was finally discharged from the hospital, the physician said that he didn't think I was going to make it. Subsequently, I had that consultation with the hematologist and he stated that there was a high probability that the jab could have either killed me from the protein spike or at the very least I would have had the same results as if I had had the virus. He stated that now I don't have to worry about it because I have natural immunity. Making a long story short, your extensive research into COVID-19 as well as my own and the invaluable knowledge of where to go to get the needed therapeutics saved my life and I'm sure many other lives as well. Wow. I mean, I've gotten a lot of emails like this, a lot. And I've gotten a lot from the people that didn't get this information and didn't have this outcome and died and didn't have to. I have this uh, up on my Twitter feed already. It'll be up on Facebook later. This is some data that uh, our friend and colleague Daniel Horowitz put out earlier today. Did you guys see this? I don't know. I've seen a lot of stuff. Uh, in, the, in, the, in the 26 months I've been doing this, this is one of the most astonishing data points I've seen. And I have seen a lot of data points. 73% of quote-unquote COVID deaths occurred in middle-class to wealthy countries After the time period, after the COVID jab was introduced. And when you look at this chart, you'll see starting in February of 21, the number just freaking takes off and it hasn't slowed down. I'm... What's gone on here is a genocide. Let's continue. Um, In the Lord's Prayer, it starts with our Father. Then it's like Jesus pauses and says, just so you don't get confused, I'm talking about the one in heaven, the one who is closer than our breath. It's as if he is saying, I know Father doesn't bring a warm fuzzy to everyone, so I want to make sure I'm clear which Father I'm talking about. My thought is, would you be willing to share with us how God the Father reparented you when the term Father didn't bring a warm fuzzy to you? How did he make it safer and safer and more natural to approach him as a father when your earthly father gave you none of that security and sense of hope when you approached him? I had a wonderful earthly father that constantly pointed me to the cross and my heavenly father, so much that 15 years after his death, I still thank God for him every day. But I think there are a lot of your listeners who have similar stories to yours that could benefit from your journey on this. Again, that's from Ted Hamer in Wisconsin. I absolutely think, Ted, that you have a very valuable and valid point, which is why I put it in the the Feedback Friday for the week. I think the vast majority of us see God the same initially as we see our own fathers. And if the idea, if you were raised by someone who disciplined you hard, but loved you harder and put not unreasonable, but uncomfortable expectations on you to fulfill your potential, meaning he didn't, didn't crush you 
but expected and demanded more of you at the same time. If you were raised by a father like that, who was, dis, who was a disciplinarian and demanding, but altruistic in his motivations, I think it is much easier for you to accept Father God or Abba, as Paul would say. Unfortunately, that model of fatherhood is absent, missing, null and void in much of the culture. So the idea of an altruistic motivation for those masculine instincts is also absent, missing, and null and void from this culture which also then makes it even more difficult for us to accept the idea of entrusting my life to such a figure, especially when I can't see him, right? It's like when Jesus says to Thomas, he puts his fingers through the nail-scarred hands and says, okay, my Lord and my God. And, and Jesus said, well, hey, listen, blessed are you for seeing the truth and responding, but blessed are people all the more later on who will not see it and will respond nevertheless, Okay. So, um, this was the biggest hill that I had to get over, Ted, is what you're emailing. Is this, is I had to get over this. And what it took was God put other men in my life who at different stages of my life filled that role little by little. And what also helped me greatly is after I... After I got converted, I was immediately, you know, um, discipled and mentored in a group of men, several of whom I'm still friends with to this day, that helped both in that they were learning how to do, how to accept this themselves and at the same time accepting it. And so we got to go through that experience together. And... A lot of the instincts we have for, well, why would a loving God allow people to go to hell? I've used to say things like that. And now I say things like, hell is actually evidence of a loving God, that there would actually be ultimate discipline, ultimate accountability that you have earned. These are your actions, your beliefs, and you acted on them. But you're not going to see it from that framework unless you can accept the idea of God as an altruistic father. If you can't accept the idea of God as an altruistic father, then the sacrifice of his son on your behalf won't be as impactful for you either. You won't recognize truly what he gave up for you. And so there's a, there's a reason why. Is it, is it that we've had a decline in the honoring of God as father that has led to a decline in altruistic masculinity and fatherhood in America, or did the decline of altruistic masculinity and fatherhood in America lead to a decline in honoring God as our father? And the answer is what? Yes, that is the answer. These things go together. They're of a symbiotic relationship. And that's one of the reasons why the enemy attacks masculinity. There is no such thing, by the way, as toxic masculinity. Masculinity is not toxic. 
It's how we as men, just as, as you as women, demonstrate your Imago day through your compassion and nurturing. Your femininity, we demonstrate it through our masculinity. That's the image of, that's the portion of his image that we were made in. It cannot be toxic. What's toxic is not having masculinity, not acting, being passive, manipulating people. Those aren't masculine traits. Those are just sinful ones. They're just toxic on their own. But there's a reason why there's such an attack against that. Because the less it becomes attainable as a culture for us to believe that the fathers in our own home could discipline us and demand from us from an altruistic motivation, then the harder it gets for us to, to, to see that of God who we cannot see at the same time. So this is why we challenge the men on this show to step up and demonstrate that. Because in many cases, men, you will be the first instrument or introduction of a projection of God's nature and character that most human beings will see, particularly if any, at any point in time you carry the title of dad. Any thoughts on that? Oh, you just, you just described the, uh, the weight of my feeling each time I said a prayer when my four daughters were baptized. That, that, that's exactly what was within me. Do not let me fail at this calling. Hmm. Well said. Jim Crawley in North Carolina says, if Donald Trump had been reelected, what do you think would be different in regards to the economy? Well, first and foremost, energy is the biggest industry in the, in the country, other than industry, in, I'm sorry, energy and education are. So first and foremost, we wouldn't be having the energy-induced inflationary uh, spikes and constructs that we are having right now. We would not be having that. And so therefore, he says, could Trump have avoided the economic consequences of lockdowns? Not all of them. No. No. As Jesse Kelly says, you can't put an economy on pause. Would he have avoided all of them? No. I mean, there's a reason we call it the dumbest, stupidest, most immoral policy you know, position uh, or decision in American, if not human history, right? No, he could not have avoided the, 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 the back side of this altogether. But would he have poured kerosene on it at the same time? No. That's what Biden and, and the regime is doing because they are trying to use this to force you and comply and, to, and compel you, I should say, into living the way they want you to live. Trump would not have done that. We wouldn't have just completely bloviated or, or I'm sorry blown up our uh, domestic fuel production for example we wouldn't have done those things we wouldn't be, probably be doing massive sanctions on Russia that haven't worked by the way the Russian economy actually grew in the first quarter guys ours didn't chances are Trump would have found some way to mitigate with Putin to a degree that it would have avoided an outright invasion altogether so I think, I think those two things would have softened the blow considerably and thus made a, a dramatic difference. You guys have any thoughts on that? Yeah, he's, he, he like you, uh, maybe this is the place where you guys are the most the same. He, he, he's the ugly American. He loves this. <laughs> he loves this country. 
And he, he wants people to... Somewhere succeed. deep inside, Trump looks at us and says, you know what, in the end, I kind of love those goofy bastards. Yes. Right? Is that kind of what you're saying? My, nice. my mistakes, my wine. You hear those stories where he's... Uh, he hauls somebody back after he meets him into his closet of delights and would you like a tie, things like I that. I saw this in Iowa, yeah. man. I mean, he would like bring rural Iowa people to come yeah. to meet him and hand him gifts and stuff, you know. He kind of got off on, you know, being the celebrity of a man of the people. His yeah, whole he loved show, it. The Apprentice, he liked small businesses and ideas and things like that. And this can't, so he, there's that versus at every. Uh, forget all of the the crazy demonic social issues. Uh, th- th- there's people who are trying to destroy purposefully. It, d- please don't just think that they're again. They're not just bad at it. No, this they're, is a managed decay. It is a managed decay. They are very. They are like we said about uh, Biden. Isn't just being crazy, Uncle Joe. He's being very lucid about the baby killing. They're being very lucid about destroying this economy because they are communists, as Jesse Kelly says. They want to destroy it. It is their goal. Yeah, uh, it, we would still be in. Not great shape economically, but, you know, that's I, I don't think you need to go further than Biden's first day. What was one of his first day priorities? Shutting down the Keystone XL, exactly. Keystone XL pipeline, yep. which makes a big difference. And, and yeah, OK, oh, we're going to export that ever, uh, elsewhere or that's not actually going to. Um, it actually helps uh, the overall production and the overall uh, and the perception, and the of, perception production. of production, which then affects prices long term yeah. and yeah. and the markets operate on speculation both man. the yeah both the production and the perception of crude oil right now is terrible which means that saudi arabia right now is is making bank and a lot of places are making bank and we're paying them yeah yeah i i, I love what you just said a minute ago he's like you and that he's also an ugly american Serving McDonald's and uh, yes. Wendy's at oh, yeah. uh, at sports teams at the White House and stuff like that. Yeah, I, you're you're right about that, no doubt. All right, we're gonna stick around and do overtime for Blaze TV subscribers, which you'll be able to watch later today at blazetv.com/slash/dace, and that's also where you can go to become a Blaze TV subscriber today. Blazetv.com/slash/dace. For the rest of you, have a great weekend, and we'll see you on Monday. Until then, John three seventeen. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.